Hi, my name is Roberta Shore, and hopefully some of you will remember me as Betsy Garth on The Virginian, and I am the next on-screen and beyond guest, and I'm very happy to be here. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 112, and I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that brings you info on upcoming remakes, sequels, and movies, upcoming releases on DVD as far as TV and movies, and our interview segment where we bring you a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we are joined by actress Roberta Shore, who played Betsy Garth on The Virginian back in the 60s, and it's out this week on DVD. And she also uh, was in Disney's original The Shaggy Dog and a whole lot of other things. Roberta has some fascinating stories to share with us. That's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And we want to remind you to check out onscreenandbeyond.com for our current contest giveaway of a blu-ray copy of dr horrible sing-along blog which ends this week and it comes out this week on dvd uh, blu-ray ra- rather and let's see full de- details are available at our homepage at onscreenandbeyond.com and we also want to remind you to uh, check us out on facebook and myspace and we'd like to have you become a friend or fan whatever one you're looking at and uh, we have links right on the homepage of onscreenandbeyond where you can click on that and get right there so check that out And as you might be able to tell, I'm sort of fighting a cold here, so uh, let's get right into Remake Madness on this week's On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, the remake of Fright Night that we talked about a few shows ago is casting, and it seems like Colin Farrell is joining the cast. So that's uh, another person who has joined the cast. And Oasis frontman Liam Gallagher is working on bringing a book about the Beatles to the big screen and the book is called the longest cocktail party it was written by a man who was a gopher for the beatles back in the 60s and sandra d and sally fields made gidget famous on tv and movies now it looks like we could be getting another dose of gidget a remake of the films and tv show maybe in the future and we'll keep you updated on that as it comes out that's about it for remake madness on on screen to Beyond. coming up next upcoming movies And we've got a couple of upcoming movies uh, looking your way. It looks like Nikki Reed of the Twilight Saga Eclipse will appear in Chain Letter in theaters on August 6th. It's a slasher film about what happens when a group of people don't pass on a cyber chain letter. And on December 23rd, 2011, Cameron Crowe will bring us We Bought a Zoo. It's about a true story of a family that did just that and how it changed their lives. And Bruce Willis has signed on to a film called Looper. It's a sci-fi project that is currently in development. That's about it for upcoming movies. Next, taking you down to Sequel City right here on On Screen and Beyond to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Sequel City, well, here's an update for you. December 2011 is the release date for the next outing of Mission Impossible, which will be Mission Impossible 4 with Tom Cruise. And Ice Age 4 will be heading to the theaters on 2012. 
And Kick-Ass 2 has not only been approved, it has a release date of 2012. That's it for Sequel City on On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, what's coming away as far as TV on DVD? This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. TV on DVD, well, August 10th, you can look for Numbers Season 6 to arrive on DVD. September 21st, Ellery Queen, the complete series, will be released on a six-disc set. And on June 29th, a four-disc set of The Real McCoys, the complete Season 4, settles into stores on DVD. And let's see, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at movies coming out on DVD. Movies on DVD, well, May 25th. The Shadow Within comes to DVD, and it's a suspense thriller. Also on May 25th, you can look for Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog as it comes to Blu-ray starring Neil Patrick Harris, and you still have time to send us an email to have your name in the drawing for a Blu-ray copy of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, and you can just get all the details at onscreenandbeyond.com. And on June 8th, Leonardo DiCaprio is coming into Shutter Island as it arrives on DVD. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we're going to sit down and talk with Roberta Shore. Now, Roberta was Betsy Garth on The Virginian back in the 60s, and she was also in Disney. She worked with Disney quite a bit on different shows, uh, you know, the Mickey Mouse Club and in movies with, like, The Shaggy Dog and great singer, and, and she's got a lot of great stories to tell. It's all coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> And on screen and beyond is one of the stars of the classic TV western, The Virginian. From 1962 to 1965, she played the part of Betsy Garth. It's Roberta Shore. Roberta, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, Roberta, you know, it's so nice to have you on here. And so many people have been so excited about The Virginian finally coming out on DVD. Um, are you, have you seen it you know, over the years at all, or...? You know, I've you know I have I've had lots of uh, lots of different people send me um, you know the the uh, VHS copies, mm-hmm. so I have all those. But but I haven't, to be honest with you, I have not actually seen any of the DVDs. But I do know that I am getting all kinds of of phone calls and emails from people saying how wonderful it is to see the show again and what a great show it was. So we've gotten a wonderful response to it. And now. That was a different kind of show because it was not your typical half hour or, or no. hour. Uh, was it grueling doing a show that long, you know, the, an hour and a half? You know, it, it wasn't, you know, we'd, sometimes we would have to do shows back to back, you know, where we'd kind of finish one scene and run to another soundstage and, and do a, another scene. It, you know, it, it wasn't grueling for me because I was so young and just, just in, you know, just loving every second of it. But 
I think maybe for some of the other actors it may have been a little, you know, a little tiring. But um, but yeah, we did we did a ninety minute. Uh, uh, it was the first ninety minute colored western that they ever did. So mm-hmm. it uh, it was a lot of work, but it was it was a great show to be on. Now the taping of that show, did they do it in chronological order, or did they skip scenes and? and piece it in and everything like that oh yeah no they never did anything chronologically they in fact the hard the hardest thing for me and and i'm imagining for the other guys too is we'd go on the back lot and we'd be shooting a scene um you know and then three days later we'd come in on the set and do close-ups of the scene we had done two days ago and and that that was hard especially if you had an emotional scene or or, you know, if you were dying or something like that, because, uh, you know, like I said, you'd have to kind of remember what you did what you did two days ago, or and then you'd have to come in and loop a lot of the stuff, and looping was always kind of hard for me, but um, um, but that's basically what we did. We never did anything, you know, th- that I can recall chronologically, because they do all the outside stuff, and then they right. come in and do inside stuff. Did you ever notice, after watching it, that where you did the close-ups and things like that, that things were off but most people wouldn't notice that but did you ever notice that yourself well i would the, the things the things that that would always i would notice is if if the wardrobe was a different way or if your collar was in and out or whatever and and um the the, the dialogue was always pretty much the same but but yeah some, sometimes they they would they would miss little things like props and and stuff like that but but probably only to someone who was in the scene would have noticed that right. i don't think that to the the normal eye, they wouldn't see it. Never, never any big ones where you know you had a blue shirt on, and then all of a sudden you have a green shirt. <laughs> no, not not that I could remember on that. I remember my hair would be funny in one scene and different in another, but uh-huh. <laughs> but but no, nothing like that. Now, how did you come about to get the part of Betsy on the show? Well, you know, I was put under contract to Universal uh, as a stock player, um, which I think most of the people that were in the Virginian were, um, and. Um, you know, I was like 18 years old, and they they put me in a contract, and immediately put me in this TV series called that was the new Bob Cummings show. That was just mm-hmm. it, it only lasted like two or three series or two three yeah two three shows. It wasn't uh, it wasn't well received or uh, received at all. And so then after that, um, you know, I was asked if I could ride a horse, and of course you always tell everybody yes you could do anything. Then you run out and take lessons because I had I really did not know how to ride a horse, and then I tested. I tested really not even hardly knowing what I was testing for with Tony Young for the Virginian. And I don't know if you remember an actor by the name of Tony Young, very tall, good-looking man. And um, and then, you know, a short time later, um, you know, I was told that I, you know, that I had the part on, you know, on the Virginian. And, of course, I had worked with Doug before because we had done a movie called uh, Because They're Young Together, mm-hmm. and I knew yeah. Doug, but I didn't, know, I didn't know anybody else in the cast. Working on that show, being the, the basically the only female, was that difficult? Well, I got teased a lot. I mean, <laughs> you know, I was kind of the brunt of some of their jokes because I was very young and, and naive, and, and uh, they teased me a lot. But, but no, actually, I kind of liked it. <laughs> so you were, did, you, did you say you were 18? I was, well, I was 18 when I was put on a contract at Universal, yes. And I think I was either just the end of my 18th year and barely into 19 um, when we did The Virginian. Oh, and they had me playing like a 14 or 15-year-old in the first season. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I thought you were younger than that. <laughs> oh, no, no. They just had, you know, I had, they, I didn't have hardly any makeup on. They, like, put a base on me, and that was about the extent of it. So, and a ponytail. So, so I played, you know, I played a very young um, 
uh, I, th- I think, as I recall, the script called for a 14-year-old. Hmm. And then I kind of aged two or three years in the next season. Uh, <laughs> <So>. Quickly. <laughs> quickly, yes. Yeah. And it, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, you know, you always say that you can do anything like riding a horse or anything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I've had, to death of horses. <laughs> I've had several Western uh, actors uh, from different shows. In fact, James Drury was on the show uh, last year. We had him on. And uh, they all said basically the same thing that, you know, uh, even though some of them could ride, but there were some that didn't, didn't know how to ride. Um, you know, Jim, Jim knew how to ride. Yes. Um, and and, and, and um, Doug knew how to ride because Doug, you know, Doug, Doug used to be um, uh, uh, a rodeo. What do you call it? Um, anyway, he used to ride in rodeos. Mm-hmm, so, yep. so Doug was good. And, and Jim was kind of raised, I think, on a farm. So yeah. Jim was a beautiful horseman, and so was Doug. And I think that I don't think Gary Clark knew how to ride and of course Lee J. Cobb and I were the absolute jokes of the cutting floor because you could just see so much air between us <laughs> when we were galloping on a horse and, and uh, I had a horse actually run away with me um, we were on location one day and it was it was very hot and I was supposed to be doing this galloping scene and boy I'll tell you I was so grateful that there was a, a wrangler at the very end to, to grab this horse because I just um, I mean, I, I was just scared to death after that, and and I, you know, I didn't do a lot of my own writing. I, I had a I had a double, and and um, and you know, I did a little bit, but but one of the things too is that both Doug and Jim had their own horses, which made a big you know big difference. Mm-hmm. I had a different horse every show, yeah. So that was hard, you know, to get any kind of feel. And they know when you're afraid of them, and I was. <laughs> so. <laughs> so so, but you never got hurt or anything? Had any accidents or anything? Oh no no no. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, I really respected those little animals, so <laughs> no, no big major things. Hmm. Now, let's look at some of the, the, the people that you worked with, and I just want to get your impression of James Drury. How was it oh, working James, with James? James was great. He was kind of temperamental, as I recall, and, and he'll tell you that himself. I mean, James, oh, yeah. you know, and, and so, so, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a hard time with Jim. He was always nice to me, but, but sometimes... His attitude got to be a little bit much, but um, oh my gosh, he's so mellowed over the years, and we over the years, and we just have so much fun now. And of course, Doug was an overgrown kid, just an overgrown kid. Mm-hmm. And um, and Lee J. Cobb was just—I mean, I was awestruck with him. He was just the most wonderful man. I just adored him. What about you? Actually, did some singing? On... Oh yes, yeah. I started out as a singer. Um, in fact, I did. I did. A, I did a lot of recordings for with Walt Disney. I mm-hmm. did recordings with Lawrence Welk. Um, did a, a lot of shows on. Um, I mean, did a lot of songs on the show with Randy, and sometimes by myself. In fact, we made a, 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 an album together, the Virginian album. Right. That's what I was going to ask about. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, if I used to do a lot of Swiss yodeling, and if you go through, it's a small world exhibit at Disneyland. When you get to Switzerland, that's me doing oh, the really? yodeling. <laughs> Now, did they transfer that to the the one at um, Flor in Florida? Do you know? I'm not sure. I know that it's still it's the one in California because my daughter was there oh, a few years ago and called me and said, "Mom, you're still in it." So, I, but I don't know about the one in Florida. I would I would guess that they would keep everything the same, but I don't know for sure on that one. Yeah, huh? That's that's neat. Um, so, have you ever gone through it and, and heard it yourself? Not recently, but 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 I have in the, past. the past. Oh, I've heard it. And in fact. In fact, it was interesting because my kids, when they were little, they, you know, they liked the, the song, you know, It's a Small World. Mm-hmm. And so I went out and I bought the, um, the, the, you know, the big LP that they had on that. 
And I was playing it one day, and I came to that yodeling, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that sounds so familiar. And it took me three or four times listening to that song to, to remember that I was the one that had done that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, you were on the show, like I said, from 1962 to 65. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what was it? Did, is there a reason why you left, or did they just... I, just... I left to get married. I was raised very strict Mormon, and... Uh, and was taught that when you meet the man you marry, that that you become the wife and mother. <laughs> and so, so that's basically the main reason that I left the show was was to get married. And I can't remember. I mean, like I say, I haven't seen the show for years. Um, well, they married me off. They married you off. They okay. married me off to a preacher, and his name was Glenn Corbett. Mm-hmm. The okay. actor Glenn Corbett, who I think has since passed away, but yeah, they married me off to Glenn, and I got my screen, I got my second screen kiss from Glenn Corbett. <laughs> Now, Which is quite fun. <laughs> before The Virginian, how did you become interested in acting, and, and what did you first do when you started acting? Well, I, I, actually, I actually started, as I said, started out as a singer, and I was raised in Los Angeles, and when they used to have um, you know, big supermarket chains open, they would always have these huge grand openings, and they would always have a country-western band, and they always had Tex Williams, and my parents when I was like 10 years old, just drug me around from supermarket to supermarket to, to try to, to get uh, Tex Williams to let me sing with him. Mm-hmm. And finally, one time, he broke down and let me get up and sing a duet with him, and the duet we sang was Smoke, Smoke, Smoke That Cigarette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, so from there, um, he put me on his, um, his television show, which was from um, Knott's Berry Farm. And then from then, I went on the Pinky Lee show, Mm-hmm. where I sang every day on that show, and then the Mickey Mouse Club came along and really kind of knocked the Pinky Lee show off the air because they kind of basically took over their ratings. And um, I was too tall to be a Mouseketeer, but I did tons of stuff with them, and it was all music-related. Yeah, I can remember. Most likely they were reruns, but <laughs> the, yeah. the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, yeah, the Annette series, and did I did screams for Annette and some of their voices for their cartoons and, and did... did um, um, an album with Rex Allen. We did the um, the musical score to Say One For Me, the movie with Bing Crosby and Debbie Reynolds, mm-hmm. and that was done through through the Disney label. So, oh. um, yeah, did I, you know? Toured with them. I mean, just did you know? Music music was my first love. Acting just kind of somehow just came along with the music. Yeah. Now, and you seem to always be the bad girl. On no, only with Disney. Disney, that's what I mean. With Disney, that's what I mean. With Disney, you, you, you seem to be the bad girl. Well, in Shaggy Dog, I was a good girl. <laughs> True, yeah, yeah. I owned the dog. Yeah. And, but I, but I, it's amazing how the, the part of Laura in the Annette series stuck with me for so many years because I played such a snob in it. And, and you don't look, <laughs> you don't look, you know, you never looked at snobby, really. <laughs> well, I didn't. That's the only time I really played a snob. Um, yeah. My the other things I did were, was always kind of the um, the girl next door type, you know. Mm-hmm. Now on the Shaggy Dog, you had a, a, a very thick accent, correct? Well, I, I yeah, I was I was I had um, I spoke a little bit of French in it. I was supposed to be a girl that spoke of what was it five languages or something, mm-hmm. and and I did have I did speak to the dog in French and just a little bit of a French accent, not a lot, but but. Uh, um, but a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Did you actually know how to speak? No, I had a tutor. They had somebody that that um, 
you know, that work with me for a little while just to kind of help me on my inflection and everything. Yeah. So, and and I didn't like I said I didn't have that much that much French that I had to speak. Yeah. Was that one of those things where they said, "Can you speak French?" She's, "Oh, sure." Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so um, now working on the um, the Mickey Mouse Club and and uh, for Disney and everything, uh, did you ever actually get to, to meet Walt Disney? Oh yes. In fact, I have a, I have a letter that that um, that Disney uh, from Walt Disney. He, you know, his favorite charity was the um, John Tracy was it John Tracy Clinic. It, it was for the deaf and dumb, and that was his favorite charity. And and the Mouseketeers. We used to do um, uh, personal appearances sometimes um, for you know for this charity, and um, I remember just getting a thank you note from him thanking me for participating in it. But but um, but Walt Disney was also the one um, that that changed my name from my name used to be well it still is but it, but I used to go by Jimmy Shore, and it's spelled J Y M M E because my my middle, my name is Roberta Jimmy. And when they would send out publicity um, about the Shaggy Dog, if there was not a picture along with the article, they would refer to me as a he. Right. Yeah. And so he was the one that suggested that you know that I change my name. And of course, back then, you know, everybody was had to go to court and change your name, and I just I just used my first name, so I didn't basically have to do anything legally, you know, mm-hmm. to change my name. Now, was Jimmy a, a, like a family name or something? Because it's kind of unusual, you know, for... Um, it's, it's a middle name. My father, growing up, had um, a childhood um, little girlfriend that was had the name of Jimmy, and it was spelled that way. So that's how I got that name. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I, I noticed that uh, looking, you know, of course, besides being on Disney and, and the uh, uh, the Virginia and everything, you uh, also did a, a recurring role on um, the Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. I did. I played Ricky's girlfriend. Also, also did a, a GE theater um, that Ozzie directed that Ricky and I did too at oh. Universal several years ago. And I also did um, was on Father Knows Best um, mm-hmm. three or four times and. Um, did a lot of Lawrence Welk shows. Did recordings with Lawrence Welk. Yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Dwayne Hickman on the show. Oh, did and, you really? Yes, and I oh noticed. My gosh, how old is he now? Uh, boy, I don't know. <laughs> he, he was older than I was. He's got to be in his eighties. <laughs> he might be. I, 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 oh my gosh! Yeah. Dwayne, I was on his show too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's why I noticed. Uh, you you yeah. played a character on in nineteen sixty. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. He, he no, very nice guy. Oh Very yeah! Nice. Oh, I remember he was really, uh, really funny. I mean, really, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. And and like you say, Lawrence Welk, you were on on uh, there. I can remember everybody used to watch Lawrence Welk. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the big thing. They still do. I mean, yeah. you know, you get a certain age generation, and they watch him every week here. Yeah. So with all the different uh, acting things that you did, were you aiming to be? Uh, you know, like a, a movie star or a TV star or any certain particular thing, or were you just doing it because you enjoyed it? 
Well, you know, I, I can't recall ever having big aspirations of being a, a big star. I mean, I was just so excited when I got the Virginian, um, just because the show was, you know, such a success. But if I if I probably wanted to do anything, it would have been a, probably um, to be a, a, a more of a singer than anything. Mm -hmm. With the singing, like you say, you made that album with the Virginian. Now, I I'm trying to think. Uh, did the Virginian have that? much music in it that that you well, could make we, an album of it? <laughs> well actually 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 no i mean we there were a lot of songs in fact in fact there wasn't any of the song well i think there was one that we did on the show that was actually in the album but they they mostly did it i think for randy boone and myself and you know of course randy randy did part of the songs and and in fact, he may have done a few more than i than i did i don't even re honestly don't remember but um but but no, we did we did actually sing quite a bit, um, uh, you know, on the show. So but but no, not enough to make a, a whole album. We had to pad it, you know. So but it, <laughs> add, add a few other songs. So it was one of those things. Where, of course, back in the '60s, uh, you know, you had Ricky uh, Ricky Nelson and and all these. Everybody was well. In fact, Dwayne Hickman was telling us that they even had him make a song, you know, but because that was the thing back then to get the young young stars to to do oh, yeah. music to to try to and that's when they that's when they had all the you know where you would so many of those so many of those performers weren't singers and they used to have them sing over their voices like four or five or six times you know to give them more to give them more depth to their to their music oh really yeah oh yeah uh -huh. yeah but they didn't have to do that with you because you were you were a singer <laughs> well yeah i i never i i didn't have to do that but but you know there was like like you know uh, I'm trying to think of some of the singers back then that were really singers. That that if if you go back and, and listen to, um, you know, some of the records, you can see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. it's, it almost sounds like they're singing in an echo chamber, but basically they're just singing over themselves two or three times. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Trying to cover up the yeah, trying the, trying to act like trying to sound like they sing. You right. Know? Yeah. Hmm. So great to have the Virginian back on, though, because that's you know it's it is such a good show, and it's it's oh, going to yeah. be good to to see it again and everything. Well, it's a good family show. I mean, everybody everybody can watch that show. So it's um, you know, uh, in fact, it's, it's interesting because um, so many of the shows on the air now are also sexually oriented. Oh and, yeah, you know, and and I remember um, hearing a story, you know, when they were doing the Virginian one one show. I think it was Jim's show, and he was out riding with I don't even remember the actress's name but but they were caught in a storm and they ended up sleeping in a you know they had to stay in a barn together you know but they were like you know fully clothed laying on the hay sleeping and and the censor people at NBC cut it out because they thought it was too, way too suggestive really oh yeah and my gosh when you look at the stuff now oh yeah nothing <laughs> yeah yeah that that would have been so minor now <laughs> yeah we're going to move away from the Virginian and, and all your acting and everything, and just a couple of questions before we finish up here. Okay. Besides the Virginian, what are your favorite all-time TV shows? My favorite all-time TV shows. Mm -hmm. Um, the the old-time ones, right? A anything new, old doesn't make any difference. Well, I'll tell you, I used to love. Um, I used to love all the musicals. I used to love Carol Burnett. I used to oh. love. Um, um, Andy Williams. I love the Smothers Brothers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm back in that era where, where I just any musical show. I George Goble. I mean, I just loved all of those 
of the weekly musical shows, and it's just a shame that they don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know, so 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 all of those shows I loved. I loved I loved uh, not only working on, but I I never missed Ozzy and Harriet. I mean, and, and George Burns and Gracie Allen. I mean, there were just certain shows that that I never missed growing yeah. up. And um, and the current shows, I have to say, I'm I'm a uh, NCIS fan, and I love all <laughs> the you know Law and Orders, and yeah. and um, you know, and and I and I love all of those shows, and I I love Glee is one of my favorite shows. I oh. love Glee. Yeah, yeah. So uh, every, a lot of singing oriented ones there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I just you know I think there's some very racy things in that show, and I wouldn't want my grandchildren to watch it, but I love the music, and there's so many talented kids on that show. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about movies? Um, my, I'll tell you, my all-time favorite movie ever was Calamity Jane. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, and, and I loved all, again, all the good old musicals that they had. You know, Calamity Jane, and, um, in fact, one of the songs I used to do in my, in my singing repertoire was, the uh, Oh, the Dead Wood Hills are rolling on over. You remember the ones that, that mm. Doris, uh, they used to do, the yeah. Whip Crack Away, Whip Crack Away? Yeah. And I used to, I used to idolize Doris Day. She was my idol. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um... But but and I loved all of the Alfred Hitchcock movies. Um, oh. Never missed any of those. And but some of my some of the more current ones that that um, I absolutely loved was I loved the movie Chocolate. I loved Prairie Home Companion. Did you ever see that? No, no. I oh my seen gosh, that, that was such a you know that was a good show. And and uh, a lot of the movies I wouldn't give you a four cents for that are not <laughs> now. But but there are some really good classics. That, yeah. Um, and my husband is a theater buff, so we basically see pretty much everything that comes out. So. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Roberta, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to yeah. us. Thank you. I'm just so I, I'm just so flattered that you guys would even want to talk to me. So I, I hope, uh, and I'm hoping that that uh, that everybody enjoys the DVD. So. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, a lot of people have been waiting a long time. When, when we had James Drury on last year, before it was even announced that you know they were going to be releasing the DVD, um, after having James on, it was uh, we got so many emails in response to you know his him being on the show that it you know I could tell that there was a huge following for oh, yeah. the Virginia. Oh well, the show was on nine seasons, so that tells you something. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Well, thank you very much, Roberta. Well, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure, and it was nice talking to you. Well, we want to thank Roberta Shore for taking the time to talk to us. She has some great stories. Hope you like that one. And be sure to check out The Virginian on DVD this week. And, you know, in the next few weeks, we have some great guests coming your way from some of the hottest upcoming releases coming to theaters this summer. Also as well as stars from some of Classic TV's biggest shows. And that's coming up in the next few weeks, so keep listening. And love to hear your emails you send to us. I'll always like to hear from you. And if you have suggestions for someone you'd like to have as a guest on the show, let us know who that is, and we'll try to do it. And until then, I hope you'll join us next time. This is Brian. Take care. (laughs) 